Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program. It is Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 112, and we are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are uh, coming to you from the beautiful Smoking and Toasting studios and the beautiful Smoking and Toasting building in the Galleria area of uh, Houston, Texas. That's where we originate from, but we're heard all over the world on on fine radio stations. I love like how you've decorated the studio. Oh today. yes, I, I I was hoping you would you would like what I've done with the. Place. I noticed there's there's some yes. some new whiskeys about. Some new whiskeys have have, uh, they have matched the table pretty well. Popped up. Yes, I know it's all it's all very color coordinated actually. Right. Uh, Nicholas Tamantes from uh, Four Roses joins us on the show today. Nicholas, welcome. Hey, thank you. Appreciate to be here. Nice to have you on. We are going to talk Four Roses. I understand you have some very special uh, Four Roses iterations for us to uh, take. I did. Although, although, quite frankly, I'm pretty darn happy with your like primary product. I have to say, it's not one of those where you go, yeah, the the more expensive uh, stuff is okay, but the prime product is yeah, because there are some of those, right? The the prime product is is fairly generic, but then if you if you take a look at their, you know. Uh, you know, there's you know single cask or or something that's that's got more aging to it. Then you start getting into something pretty good. But with you guys, man, you just start with a with a great bourbon. I'll just say that. Yeah, and that's why um, I mean, majority of the world is a huge fan of our product. So when we put out limited edition or special items, people. People go nuts for them. I mean, it's Good. Well, taking a great product and giving it a better product. Well, we're looking forward to uh, to doing a little sampling, and I, I don't know if I've ever, you know, taken the time to do them side by side. So this will be exciting. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, we are brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we want to say uh, thanks to our guest uh, last week, Adam Harris from Little Book and Beam Suntory, who was a great guest and a lot of fun to he have was on. Last, yeah, and uh, we are. Are also going to give a big shout out to our boy uh, Jeremiah at uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant. I drove by now; haven't been in yet, but I drove by, and it looks like Lemon B&B Lemon is open across the street from B&B. If not, they must be getting close. We're going to have to go check. That there out. was a buzz of activity, so we need to. Yeah, we need to get that on the on the calendar, and obviously, we need to go do a show from there. So that'll be something to look forward to as well. So, uh, Lemon is the uh, sort of B&B Pub they're opening across yep. the street from uh, B&B Butchers in Houston. So we're looking forward to checking that out. And, That's great. Uh, Jeremiah is working on curating the whiskey list for that as we speak. So uh, so we'll look forward to checking in with him in a little while. On today's show, in addition to uh, some Four Roses, we'll be uh, checking out the Sour Wench. It's Ballast Point's uh, Blackberry Ale. Uh, we'll be trying something called Salvage. It's from NOLA from New Orleans, Louisiana. And Harpoon, one of my uh, all-time favorite breweries out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, has released a Dunkin' Coffee Porter made with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And so we'll be trying some of that on the show today awesome. as well. So, now now so, I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah, so yeah, there's, there's a lot to look forward to, and I'll talk to you a little more about Dunkin' Donuts and Harpoon when we get to uh, to that part of the show. But uh, but it's nice to have everyone gathered here at show number 112, and uh, we're yesterday was Halloween. I don't know. How'd you do? It rained. So It rained a lot. So your candy harvest was impaired by the rain? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I, what you costume know, bought, did you wear? I How many candy. doors? How many doors did you knock on? <laughs> I was a leprechaun yesterday, actually. <laughs> I love it. Well, so I, so I had my kilt on, and I had a green shirt, and I had this ridiculous little hat kind of at a jaunty angle, and it was green and sparkly. 
And uh, for the few people who ask me, uh, what are you? I just put up my f- hands like this, and, and all of a sudden, and they the will, oh, you're Irish. an Irish guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it went over pretty pretty easily, actually. My, my favorite uh, Irish song of all time goes, we're gonna drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and fight. Drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and fight. Um, I didn't get all those words. Yeah, I'll I'll write them down for you. I'll, 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 I'll send you an email. So uh, so what ended up I, happening is because because everything was raining so bad, the neighborhood like no one came out, and uh, now I have a big old bunch of candy at the house that I didn't give away. Uh, okay, so so you wound up with well, if you've got leftover Halloween candy, and most people do, either from something like that or from actually going out and embarrassing themselves by trick or treating as a full grown adult. Um, we're going to talk to you today about beers to wash those candies down with and maybe a little Four Roses to wash the candies down with. So, I have a great pairing for them. Okay, yeah. oh, gee, that's perfect. I knew it. I knew it. So, All right, so we'll talk about that. We'll get into all of it. Uh, the uh, CRA, our friend uh, Trey Boring, involved with Cigar Rights of America, they have launched a new FDA petition, uh, petition ahead of the midterm elections, which are right around the corner. So we want to get you all... Uh, uh, involved in that and uh, what else oh <laughs> um, it, you know we just dealt with this whole thing about the agave shortage right mm-hmm. now uh, Stuart's gloss from Pure Vita told us don't worry there's going to be plenty of tequila it's not not to worry now comes news that a barley shortage could be raising craft beer prices oh man so uh, yeah it's, it's bad news everywhere you turn so we'll get to all of that and uh, and we'll uh, uh, try to keep you as informed as possible Ian uh, my co-host and good friend tell me about your uh, your week other than trick-or-treating did you have anything do anything exciting this week oh what did I do this week yeah it was a pretty uh pretty awesome kind of week local- overall I sat down and had a, a fantastic cigar yesterday tell me about that it was a CLE Asabachi. Uh, uh, Ooh, and I like CLE. I I think their I picked this their one products are very consistent. You know, I do too. I like uh, you know I've been really really uh, pleasantly surprised with every CLE I've picked up except for one, which was only a disappointment because of the price. Because it was uh, a price higher than yeah, it was than price a little higher than I thought. I think I every other one, about I, that, and yeah. I've given them great reviews. As a matter of fact, I picked this one up uh, when we went down to the Cigar for Warriors project. Um, the CLE rep was there. And I picked this up directly from him. He said, make sure you try this one. And this uh, was a uh, 5x50. Uh, sorry, I'm referencing some of the stuff here on Half Wheel because I didn't write a whole lot of stuff down, <laughs> but I had my flavor notes in my head. But I wanted to uh, make sure I had the right sizes and things like that. Um, and then, um, uh, let's see, it's Honduras. Um, Honduras Cigar Binder Honduras uh, Filler Honduras Nicaraguan uh, is, is this Nicaraguan the one, Brew. Is this the one that he told us? Was essentially a, a Camacho, and then after um, their um, after Camacho was purchased, their guy that had been the uh, head blender at Camacho who came over to CLE no, the, blended the same thing basically again, but it's called something else. Well, I think some of their cigars are like that, but the okay. one you're talking about was actually remember the the uh, CLE I gave you the CBT. Yes, he said is that's the uh, the triple Maduro. See, that's a great cigar. And no wonder well, I like that one, right? Cigar. Yeah, yeah. He's, that literally is the triple Maduro, is mm-hmm. what he said. Mm-hmm. So, but this one and this is a San Andreas uh, uh, Mexican San Andreas. I like the San Andreas wrappers. Yep. Um, this cigar had very little. Um, going on on the pre-light sniff, it had uh, you know, some some cedary um, notes mm-hmm, on a, mm-hmm. uh, a little earthy, a little chocolatey. Um, 
on the prelate draw, much of the same thing actually, and a little creaminess kind of going on to it. Uh, the one of the coolest things about this particular cigar is, is I lit it and it lit like it was in the middle of this cigar, like it was right at the sweet spot. Already. Oh, so boom, huh? Yeah, I mean it was already and it and and the flavor profile was right there the whole time. Uh, it you never, you know, thing. like a lot of them are real spicy when you first light it, and then they settle mm -hmm. in or things like. We, we and didn't some have of them are like nothing when you first light, right? It, and then and they have up. to kind of build up. Yeah. No, and this one was right there the whole time, and it was this was a pretty one-dimensional flavor profile. Like it had what it had, and it never changed. So there wasn't a whole lot of trip to it, but it was really good at what it did. It had if chocolate. you like what it's got, that's right. A good it had thing. chocolate. Yeah. It had cedar. Uh, it had this great kind of. This, the finish on this uh, almost like almost like when you take a drink of something that has a dry finish. The mm -hmm. finish on this cigar had a little bit of that very cedary kind of thing, um, and and just chocolate and a little creaminess to the chocolate, almost like a milk chocolate kind of thing going on. I enjoyed, like I enjoyed this tremendously. Really, um, so this was this was about a seven to eight dollar cigar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to give it a five and a half. Nice, uh, easily you get a little more than what you're paying for. It's definitely worth mm -hmm. the price. Um, and I highly recommend it. I also enjoyed that with uh, the leftover bits of a keg that I have of um, Eureka Heights Buckle Bunny beer. Oh, nice. Yeah, it went very Buckle well Bunny. with that. And yeah. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Eureka Heights. Thanks for supplying beer for an event that I had That's nice. last week, an yeah. Oktoberfest event. That's great and so, you, and so you wound up with some Buckle Bunny leftover. We didn't finish the whole keg, but it's yeah. in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, well, I made sure I put thing. it on. I, you know, instead of having, like, the, uh, the, the air pump handle that yeah, yeah. everyone uses, I made sure I put it on uh, CO2 right off the bat. And that way it lasts. <laughs> nice. you're, you're a smart man. Ian. I, you know, I do yeah. what I can. You're a smart man. Well, I had an interesting one this week, and I actually, um, uh, so I'm trying something new. I actually, while I was smoking this, and I won't be able to do this every week, but a lot of times I can. I actually took a few uh, photos of the cigar that I uh, was going to talk about on the show today. Show off. And uh, <laughs> and so there, the first one you'll see will be a photo of it, uh, you know, with the band and everything Think still you're all on smart it. There was a you footer have good band. Ideas. Uh, well, you know, it's not me; it's the <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> Uh, and then the second one's like smoke partway through, and the, then the last one is is toward the end. So you'll see those. Uh, I decided to try Black Label Trading Company's Benediction. Uh, nice. It's the Robusta. Black Label has some pretty interesting packaging. The way they, uh, you know, the way they set stuff up, and the uh, the packaging on this one is all black and white. Uh, but it's uh, it's really graphically kind of interesting. You'll see it on the photo if you're on Facebook Live or on YouTube. Uh, anyway, it was a uh, it was a very interesting cigar. Like I love the way it felt. Yeah. Am I? You know what? You know what I mean? Pack, you say that? Sorry, I was trying to think about uh, what because uh, I said because I I had a uh, Blackworks last week and I. It's very kind of tattoo culture kind of yes, packaging. Yes, the, the look you know? of the packaging, yes, very yeah, sorry, much Sorry, anyway, so. go ahead. So uh, it's a Nicaraguan Puro with a Nicaraguan uh, Habano wrapper. Uh, nicely built. Like I said, it felt and looked uh, great. Um, on the pre-light, earthiness, some spice, and definitely a little bit of cedar. Uh, and then I used a V-cut, lit it up with no problems. There were notes of earth, a little bit of sweetness, and then some pleasant wood aromas. And I, I know you're like, what does wood smell like? Uh, but you know what I'm getting at? Oh, like, I know exactly like, what you're talking about. So there's, yeah. there's cedar, but then there's this other more woodsy sort of smell. And mm -hmm. I guess it's what you would expect, maybe like oak barrels to smell like before they put the whiskey in them to age. 
Uh, so kind of like fresh timber, like yeah, burnt timber? Yeah, kind of, but but uh, more mellow than that. Almost, a, I hate to say burn because then you start, start getting into smoky flavors. It wasn't charred. Is uh, the, charred. Yep. Maybe that's what I'm looking for, okay. yeah. Uh, anyway, so there were, there were notes of that. Uh, in the first uh, third, by the second, there was some leather that started to develop, which was interesting to watch it, you know, shift mm-hmm. and change. I read about that a lot in reviews on cigars. But I read about cigars doing that a lot more than I actually experience cigars <laughs> right. doing that. To be totally honest with you, like, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know whether mm-hmm. you know, I just don't have a well enough developed palate, or whether there's a lot of creative writing going on out there in some of the cigar blogs. But, but for the most part, uh, I I could really detect as this one changed and shifted. So I enjoyed that. Uh, it picked up a hint of cinnamon on the way to the last third, which was something that I had not really tasted uh, in it before. Uh, construction was good. Burn was reasonable. You'll see that as the uh, if you're watching on the photos. Uh, it wasn't a perfect burn, but it was, you know, not, not to complain about. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to be touched up. Overall, the cigar started pretty mellow but built into kind of a medium strength nice complexity i loved the changing of the of the flavors just like the changing of the seasons i don't know why i said that it just seemed like uh, uh that's that's kind of like throw your hands in the air and then wave wave them around if you just yeah, don't care it just seemed like the right thing to say at the end of that line <laughs> uh uh but anyway uh, it's you're, an, just, you're just over here writing songs. That's what's happening. I, I don't know what I'm doing today. I'm free associating, <laughs> and it's 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 not conducive really to doing a show. And I haven't had a single drop of Four Roses yet, yet. Uh, see, see, my Clint Karen is empty, but we'll get there. Uh, this is an eight to nine dollar cigar. The Black Label Trading Company Benediction uh, PDQ, um, a solid five. I I enjoyed it very much. Um, I don't know that I would say it was worth more than I paid, but certainly was worth every penny that I paid. So uh, a solid five for me for the Black Label Trading Company Benediction. I do recommend it uh, because, again, it's not overpriced. Now, last week I reviewed a Robusto. This one was every bit as good as last week's, only last week's was a 10 to $11 cigar. Yeah. And this was a little a, lower that This way. is about an eight. So it was like, yeah, okay, it did, it did well. So there you go on, on price to quality. All right, um, speaking of price to quality, uh, one of the things I love about Four Roses is that, quite frankly, and you know, please don't get any ideas, but you guys could price this a lot higher than you do. Don't don't I, ever no. tell them. That. Yep. <laughs> That'll never happen. Okay. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. We'll come back. We'll talk Four Roses Plus. Uh, we'll do a little beer tasting. In fact, we'll get started with a uh, a Sour Winch Blackberry Ale coming up. It's uh, uh, show number 112, Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Back at Smoking and Toasting, and uh, we are so glad to have you guys on board for show number 112. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork uh, in Fort Worth. And uh, wanted to mention to you that the Cigar Rights uh, of America, an organization we proudly support and uh, have joined uh, and have donated to, uh, and we have been have been a part of uh, helping support these guys because they help support the rights of cigar smokers uh, around uh, around the world, but primarily in the United States. It's Cigar Rights of America. Uh, they lobby the government when no one else will. And I got to tell you, the people who 
want to tax cigars unfairly and want to keep you from being able to enjoy them and enjoy your rights to be able to smoke them in a responsible way, those guys all have lobbyists. Big, heavy-duty mm-hmm. lobbyists. So that's why CRA is important. Uh, they have already gathered more than 25,000 signatures. They're hoping to reach 100,000 by the time Congress returns to Washington, D.C. on November 13th. Uh, they have released this new petition. They're asking you as a cigar smoker to make your voices heard. This is about petitioning Congress to support the premium cigar exemption in the annual spending bill. And so they wanted to get this out right as everybody's kind of going to the polls and doing, you know, the midterm elections and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So they're hoping to bring awareness to this one provision in the 2019 House Agricultural Appropriations Bill that would prohibit the FDA from using any of its funding. Are you listening, Nat Sherman? To implement, administer, or enforce any of the agency's proposed regulations on large cigars, which are then defined as to what you know, what makes a large cigar. But basically, it's not the small machine-made, but right. large and uh, handmade uh, cigars. The petition, uh, uh, this is for one last push for cigar smokers to get uh, help on an exemption bill next year. So, uh, what you want to do is go to, and I'm trying to click to it here so it'll just show me... Um, Okay, so this one you have to be in Cigar Aficionado to do. So if you go to CigarAficionado.com and look for this, and I will post this uh, in the show notes, uh, but look for the article about the CRA launching an FDA petition ahead of the midterm elections. If you go to the very bottom, you will uh, click, and it'll take you right to the thing, and you can sign it. So it's it's easy to do nice. online. takes just a moment of your time. And you really should do it, because this is this is worthwhile. And like I said, the other guys hey, have lobbyists. Like they say, vote early, vote often. Vote early, vote often. That's a, a, a phrase coined in Chicago where they take it very seriously. So, uh, <laughs> all right. That wasn't as good a sound effect as I was hoping. But I will tell you that the moment I opened it, I got some blackberry intenseness from uh, the uh, Ballast Point Brewing Company Sour Winch Blackberry Ale, and I'll show that to the I camera. I love the uh, their packaging. Their yeah, packaging is so just they is just stellar, job. and I love their sort of uh, um, um, you know marine time sort of theme. They use both skeletons and the beach, like things that I love. So and fishes. If if you can have a uh, if you can have a big uh, you know Day of the Dead party on the beach, yeah, that I wouldn't miss it. I would never miss it. So, uh, so this is uh, Ballast Point's Blackberry Ale, and it is a sour. And uh, we don't often start the show with a sour, but I thought you know since we um, since we have been doing Oktoberfest for like what seems like the last six months for our first. Uh, beer. I thought we'd start with something uh, uh, different and interesting. So here comes the sour wench, and that is a sour-looking wench on the front of the bottle. <laughs> sure. um, so um, um, this is—you can definitely smell that it's a sour, but you can definitely smell that it's blackberry too. It's not just—it almost sour has beer. a little bit of a rhubarb kind of uh, smell to oh, it as well. Wow. Like, and I mean that in the best way. If you ever had a good rhubarb, yes. Yeah, some people like rhubarb. Some don't. Like, it's, it's one of those, you know. Uh, you either love it or you hate it, I guess, <laughs> is, is the way that, that rhubarb is. But uh, this is good. But this is uh, <clears throat> this is a pretty interesting uh, ever, smelling uh, ale. <laughs> you ever go through Academy and right there by the counter they have that quench gum, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. makes you makes your uh, uh, 
makes you salivate like crazy. Yes, yes. This does that. It makes yeah. you salivate. Yeah, yeah. it, it does. does right in the back well, of the mouth. The, something about the sour kind of tweaks it those. Kind of triggers uh, that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wh- whatever those glands. This are is that, delicious. <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely fantastic. It, it I really love sour is. ales anyway. Well, I do. Except there are some of them that they're interesting in their sourness, but they're not all that. Like you don't necessarily want one. Does that make sense? Like, like you want one to sip and try, but you don't really want to drink one. This one, I, <laughs> this one, I find uh, you would want to drink this whole bottle and perhaps open another. Well, yeah, so, if there's more than one so bottle some, around me. It's disappearing. Yeah, yeah. some <laughs> sours delicious. have have a kind of a lingering sour. This mm-hmm. actually crisps right up on the end, and the sour goes away. Leaves right, you, you mouth watering. It, it sort of but, dissipates uh, slowly, right. but yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's really interesting, too, because on the retrohale on this, there's almost a slight pepperiness or spiciness to it. That's interesting. I hadn't noticed that. I'm going to have to take another yeah. drink, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's 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 right after right after you swallow and just breathe out real gentle, and it's, it's there's a little, maybe it's a spiciness, not pepperiness, but it's it's something there. You know what I like about this? Yes, yes, I get, I get what you're talking about. What I was about to say that I like about it is that uh, it's, it's not. There's nothing about it that's sickeningly sweet or sickeningly sour. Does that make sense? Right. Like in a sour, you, why would you talk about sweetness with a sour? But some sour beers have this sort of like candyishness yeah, to them. Yeah. The overpowering sometimes. And this does not. Well, it's, it's not I, like I think. I think some people try to balance the uh, the. Something with a lot of sour with sweet to make it mm-hmm. less sour. This I, has tart balancing the sour, yes, which yes, is really does. interesting. And you wouldn't necessarily you'd expect that more from citrus than you would from blackberry, right? But this has got it's almost like if black if the blackberry were actually a citrus fruit instead of a berry, this is what it might taste like, you know. <laughs> I don't know this if that is, makes any sense or not. But I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. this tremendously. Yeah, enjoying this uh, very, very much. Is so, this everywhere? Uh, I'm pretty sure you can find this just about everywhere. I don't know if it is limited, like if it's a, a only out for a limited time or not. I should okay. should probably have checked that. I take it you like sour ales in general? I do like sour ales a lot, yeah, mm. uh, 100%. And this is delicious, and and right when you said spice, like on that end, it came through to me is more mm-hmm. all spice than anything. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely got a fall feel to it. So like right now, like this weather with this being beautiful, this would be just great to kinda, crush. Kind of works, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it almost has that almost tart pie filling kind of thing without ooh, the sweetness. Ooh, you know, yes, maybe yes, that does. Yes. It's, it just keeps going. Like I'm, like I'm sorry, bla- the more like I a, think about it, the more the, things I think I'm like playing. A black, <laughs> a, like a blackberry jam, but maybe without the sugary. Right, right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting and very delicious. So this one gets high marks all the way around. Uh, the Ballast Point Brewing Company Sour Winch Blackberry Ale. So find it and enjoy it while you can, just in case it is limited. All right, Nicholas, uh, yes, once again, we want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming in, and thank you for what you've brought because this is a uh, this is a nice looking lineup. Uh, you and I met, and I think uh, you and Ian met for the mm-hmm. first time also yep. uh, at the Whiskey Sniff when you were you were manning the Four Roses table. And I have to say, you were one of the more popular tables of the night. We had you, a good, you we seemed had a good quite crowd. busy. Yeah, yeah, you seemed quite busy. It, um, it was all the giveaways. We had a lot of fun giveaways. I was well, like, oh, I want the free flask. And- I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, you had a flask. Oh man, uh, I wouldn't sell your uh, I wouldn't sell your whiskey <laughs> short though. I really wouldn't. Uh, Thank you. Um, your uh, your brand has really I think um, has, has really come on. Like you, uh, it, one thing I, a couple of things. Number one, you're you're delicious and really priced right. Number two, you've managed to get the kind of distribution 
to where you can find four roses. It's not one of those mm-hmm. things that, uh, you know, you've not only produced an appropriate supply, but you've also managed to get it in. So it's not a difficult thing to find. You can find it in, you know, pretty much any of the stores that you would be looking for it in. Uh, and, and that said, you probably enjoy your job a great deal, don't you? Because isn't it awesome to walk in where people love your product and and uh and they're excited to see you and and want to know more well 100 percent uh one of the first things i did when i started was hit our major supporters and where we've had a lot of success in and it's just refreshing to walk in and be like oh man like we're so happy to see you like we love your product we're happy uh to have it we're happy to play with it and use it um and i mean it makes life a lot easier when you're peddling a product that it's priced right and it tastes good because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't get both of those that t- uh, tend to intertwine and it just makes life a lot easier and there's a lot of people out there um, out there other than me that just have a passion for the brand like mm-hmm. it's been a cult brand for you know back in the 50s when it was blended whiskey so wow. um it's, it's it's really cool to have the, the support and the following yeah you you guys the distillery is in kentucky correct yes uh we distill in lawrenceburg kentucky and then we bottle about 50 miles away uh in our uh, bottle and warehouse facility called cox's creek so uh, where are you based out of are you texas based 610 and ella out of my <laughs> out of my apartment office <laughs> so uh so i know obviously the show happens in houston but are you are you houston centric or do you cover a big territory what's your so primarily yes i do operate um out of houston about 80 percent of my time is spent here uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time um you know lend a hand out to uh, my supervisors multiple states and if he needs me in dallas um needs me in austin I'm and, there, so. and you mentioned that the whiskey has actually been on the market for quite a while when did it start so our trademark goes back to 1888 1880 i did not know that and it was being produced well before that um by mm. a man uh, named john paul uh, john paul jones jr at the time he was a rectifier prior to that uh then he moved to um a bass player yeah all that you can find mm-hmm. in uh, it's a bass player yeah no <laughs> no no uh, not that paul not that john paul jones no 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 um but yeah I thought you begun to fight it was that one <laughs> there's been a lot of john paul joneses but so for him um you know our trademark comes from his love and passion for a woman uh he fell in love with a southern belle nobody knows her name by the way we have all this history on their family and no one knows the wife the woman that he married's name uh but so for him to get his proposal across he kept sending letters and love notes and all this and just shot down every single time oh. uh, then finally uh she wrote to him and it was like i'm considering your proposal basically if i say yes you can find me wearing a corsage of four roses at the ball this coming weekend and so he showed up, waited patiently, waited for her to walk down uh, the grand entryway. And lo and behold, obviously she was wearing a corsage. They got married, fell in love. And he decided to take the passion and love that he had for this woman and put it into his product. So not only did he name it after her, but he used that same uh, love and devotion uh, into creating uh, quality bourbon as well. That's a great story. Do you, you have to wonder, is it really true or is it just a great story? Because like no disrespect if it's you know fudged a little check out our book <laughs> ah, okay. now you did bring this book and i've seen actually this book before and i'll uh, just show this to the camera four roses the return of a whiskey legend so this tells that story i'm sure right yes yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of um great information in there on not only the paul uh, i'm sorry the jones uh family 
but also the brand uh, there's super cool stuff in there like i mean like dorky things but like bills of lading from you know 1910 and whatnot showing overseas <laughs> shipment but stuff that we actually have so in our archives if you're That's a whiskey cool. nerd you're gonna oh, love yeah. this nice. book right and it was written by one of the best names in uh, whiskey to begin or bourbon to begin with is in the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame. And that's Al Young. So oh. Al Young actually uh, did the research, put the, all the um, effort into writing that book. It's also a beautiful book, kind of a almost almost a coffee Very table coffee book. Table. Uh, yeah, it's one yeah, heck of a coffee yeah. table book. Yeah, it really really works. And and look, I don't know if that's actually her, but uh, <laughs> but there's the photo with the four roses. So uh, so now you know what that looks like. Cute. So. Yeah yeah. Um, Those can be found on our. Uh, you find these on your website. Website gift oh, shop twenty nine cool. twenty nine ninety five. That's a beautiful nice. book. <laughs> it's a beautiful book for the coffee table. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's start with some whiskey here. We're right. uh, when we're when we're tasting through your lineup. What's the best place to start? You know, I kind of just like to go through it um, from top to. I'm sorry, from bottom to top. Bottom to top. Okay. And when I say bottom, I mean like bottom of the barrel. That's our lowest proof, and then we'll work our way up. Because okay. uh, sometimes, I mean, especially you start with a hundred proof, or you mean even in, um, our our barrel strength whiskey over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's anything like lesser proof you're going to get into. I mean, obviously, I mean y'all experienced before. It comes off flat, not as right. much flavor. No, it, I definitely like working working our way up. Yeah, so we we'll start. we try to even do that with the beers, mm-hmm. you know. Except if Ian's brought them, and then we start at thirteen. <laughs> that's because the lowest one I bring will be probably 13%. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Hey, that's about what you can find in my fridge. There's not, there's not much uh, below that in there. So we're starting out then with your, your basic iteration, uh, which is just your Four Roses bourbon, correct? Yes, and uh, this is what most commonly was called uh, prior to last month, uh, Four Roses Yellow Label. Okay. Uh, this is our standard bourbon iteration. Um, like I said, it's relatively affordable. You can find it anywhere um, on shelves from... Um, Nineteen ninety nine is our suggested price. Um, Twenty one ninety nine all the way up there. Uh, just you know, kind of depends on where you go. But this is comprised of all the bourbon recipes that we make. So one of the things, also other than our, our great story that sets us apart, is we are a product of ten bourbons. So okay. we actually have two distinct mash bills, mm-hmm. and we have five unique yeast strains. Interesting. Yes. So we team each of those yeast strains up with one of the mash bills, thus creating ten bourbons. And this will be comprised of any 10 of those at any given time uh, based on flavor profile. Uh, we feel it's our uniqueness in our recipes and as well as the yeast mainly that really give us the ability to craft and mold and perfect the product that we have. Because uh, a lot of, I mean, as I mean, I know sitting here knows, but for those out there who don't know, um, when you're creating your brands and different uh, labels amongst the distillery they're pulling from different uh, areas of the warehouse most sure. times you know these ginormous like hundred thousand barrel warehouses um and based on top to bottom you're getting different flavor profiles through, through the aging process so they're using letting the barrels create uh, their flavor profiles ours are created through our recipes uh, we only use a single story warehouse so we're getting very mellow aging on average you got about eight degrees top to bottom variation it's only six barrels high so you're not getting the same kind of variation in correct. flavors as they age that uh, that a lot of warehouses would get correct and that's why when you see a lot of our barrel strength whiskeys come out you're not getting a lot in the 130s and pushing 140 mm-hmm. most of ours hover around <clears throat> from what i've seen 55 abv all the way up you know to six about 62, I believe, is the highest I've seen mm-hmm. out on the internet. So, I mean, there's a lot out there. Uh, so, yeah, so we rely on those bourbons to create our flavor profile. So, all I have to high. tell you, yeah. in the $20 range, mm-hmm. 
it it's hard pressed to find a bourbon that has less heat when you're just drinking it straight like this. This oh, I know what you mean. You're right. Very little heat to so it. So often in the in the uh, less expensive um, uh, categories, the heat just kicks your yeah. tongue on the way down. You yeah, know, like you, you that can back get, of your tongue. You can and get this beat up like on that it at really all. Easy. Yeah, you know, we like I, to say our whiskey. You know, there's a large amount of rye in our bourbon, so. Amongst those two mash bills, uh, one is 35% rye, the other is 20% rye. So even the 20% is very high rye content for a bourbon. And, and so that's, that's what, what is, gives us that spiciness. I was going to say, what does that mean? That impacts the spiciness, right? Yeah, and so we like to say it, when it burns you, it burns you here mm-hmm. and not you know, up and on And not in the throat and yeah. in the tongue. Yeah, no, and, and even it's, on the aftertaste, it doesn't, have, it doesn't have a heat that kind of creeps back at you mm-hmm. or anything. It's like it's just very little there. It has this great mineral kind of aftertaste, mineral water kind of aftertaste, too, that I'm digging. Yep. And almost a little bit. Actually, uh, peeked over here and was reading some of these, but this <laughs> one of these says mint and fruity. This has a little of that minty kind of... Kind of does. Ever yep. so slightly, you mm-hmm. know, mouth, like after mouthwash kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, in a great way. It's really right. interesting. It's, yeah, that that might not seem like something you would want in your whiskey, so I want to say it works. No, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it totally works. Um, how, how much has this recipe changed over the years? That I'm not, I, I can't speak intelligently on. Like I said, I've only been with the brand three months. Right. Um, but the recipes that we use have been in place at and I'm just speaking, you know, off the top of my head, at least since O2 for what's in America. So I'm going to guess then that since at the very least O2, uh, this this particular recipe, this particular taste has been pretty consistent. Correct. Because um, a quick glimpse through our like super fast forward history is coming out of um, out of World War II. We were the number one uh, bourbon being produced in the United States of America. Mm. So we ended up getting uh, picked up at the time uh, by Seagram's. And then in the 50s, they uh, ceased all production or domestic sales of our bourbon, and they shipped it all overseas. So Japan and the emerging European See, markets. That's a very interesting decision. Like, obviously, there was a reason why they did that, but... Yeah, you know, they've got all these other... They had, the, I think, it upwards 300 brands at one point. Right, Not just right. whiskey, but, you know, gin, vodka, mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Golden wine coolers? Yeah. So they they shipped it over there. My brain just went there. I don't know why. You're fine. (laughs) And and at the time, Seagram's had this vast library of Mm -hmm. different recipes uh, as far as mash bills are concerned. And I believe in upwards of 200 different yeast strains. Wow. And in 2002, we were uh, purchased by Kieran Brewing Company. So we actually um, are Japanese owned by our parent company. Mm -hmm. And in the purchase, um, along with the distillery, the bottle and warehouse facility, uh, we also ended up selecting the two mash bills we enjoyed the most, and then also what we thought were the five best yeast strains. Nice. And those yeasts vary um, during the flavors that they put out during fermentation. So, you know, there's rich fruit, delicate fruit. Uh, we've got herbal, floral, and then we've got a, um, a light, delicate spice as well. So, again, so it's it's all these different bourbons and these flavor profiles that we're using that allow us to create our products and step up the line as we go. Man. What would you say the flavor profile on, on, your, uh, on your basic... Uh, bourbon is just as far as like general tasting notes yeah um what would what what the you know what does nick say about this (laughs) yeah so i mean it's not overly oaky what i like to say is we have a signature spice to us and that is because of the rye content that's in there um i get so a lot of that shifts to baking spice 
which mm-hmm. kind of couples up um, mm-hmm. with the caramel um, tones that you're going to get from the barrel. Uh, and then also, like I said, with those different yeasts that we're using, there's a lot of fruity characteristic that we add to it to really round. Definitely, yeah. So everything we, we create is is meant to be rounded out. So mm-hmm. you're going to get that spice from us, but we're, we're going to help you on the back end as well. And we're going to we're gonna finish that off with a really uh, delicate or sometimes even a rich fruit to mm-hmm. it. So I get a lot of different, um, you know, for me, it's more of the red fruit variety. Um, definitely tra- uh, cherry a lot for me. So Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It, it almost reminds me, and and this isn't something that I like, but I like it in this in the, in the taste of the four roses. It almost reminds me of the sort of candied fruit in in a fruit cake. Like, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, candied now, fruit is. A and, big and I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. Like I don't really enjoy eating that, but I love what it does in the mix of the flavors in the uh, in the four roses. One of the things I find interesting about this, and you you mentioned you don't get a lot of wood in it. There's this has very little smokiness or wood in it. No, that's mm-hmm. right. At all, actually. And the, like I said, even on the finish, I taste more of like a mineral, like a clean mineral water kind mm-hmm. of flavor more than all, more than anything. So it's very interesting. There is a lot of fruitiness to this. The fruitiness uh, at the beginning of the flavor, this is almost delicate, and then comes back in as a darker fruit like a cherry okay. towards yeah. the end. It's pretty interesting Yeah, I me. definitely see that. Did you sure. say the retail on this is about $21? Is that really right? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on for $21 a bottle. And it's 80 proof. And it's 80 proof. So that, I, I say that for so everything that we're going to taste, I say it in flavor, we drink above our proof in flavor, mm-hmm. and we drink below our proof, and, and I hate using the word, but smoothness. So it's the drinkability. Mm-hmm. So there, there's not a lot of astringency to what we do, especially even when you get into the higher proofs. Like They're still very approachable very easy to sip all right well we'll move in that direction when we come back for our uh third segment plus and this is uh this is something i've been really uh looking forward to we're going to tell you what sauvage is it is a brett pale ale from nola which i think uh from new orleans is one of the more interesting breweries in the southern part of the united states these guys do you remember the hopatulas that we oh, tried yeah. from those guys mm-hmm. a few weeks ago that was one of the better ips yeah. we've had on the show everyone liked it that was one. fantastic yeah. so i'm anxious to try this brett pale ale this is one that comes in a bomber so uh we'll get to this one uh coming up here in just a few minutes plus more four roses and uh i'm going to tell you about the fact that the airport in glasgow scotland has now banned tequila shots we'll tell you why (laughs) coming up it's smoking and toasting thank you for checking out show number 112 that's an interesting one if you had any i get long-winded when i talk about oh no it's great (laughs) welcome back it is smoking and toasting show number 112 uh, we will talk on this show about washing down Halloween candy uh, with your um, with your you know favorite craft brews, and we'll also talk about doing a little of it with uh, with Four Roses. You mentioned you had a uh, a particular pairing that might work for Halloween candy, didn't you? So one, and it wasn't me coming up with it. One of the um, one of the ladies on the uh, Houston Bourbon Society mentioned uh, Twix and Four Roses. Twix and Four Roses, the, the, your basic bourbon. Base, um, actually, I, I wasn't 100% sure which one she did, uh, but I actually did with this specific. Um, well, actually, no, it wasn't that pick. It was a different one. Uh, but I tasted uh, through our different bourbons with them, and, Twix, this, uh, and the specific 10-year pick that we had was great. That goes with it. Uh, that was one well, th- I mean, from Twix Liquor. is caramel and chocolate. 
mm-hmm. which is in basically every bourbon you're going to drink. Exactly. You yeah. Can't so go wrong chocolate with it. actually goes great with bourbon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then you get that nice graham cracker crust. Yeah. That great. Yeah. It tastes very nice. So I, I will tell you, I think I've discovered, and I'm not a big candy guy. I'm my weakness is much more like you know chips and hot sauce that type of thing. That's what I can't you know. Same. That's what I can't get away from. I'm not a big candy guy, but I have discovered the greatest candy ever made. Uh oh. It is a Butterfinger crunch or crisp what it is it's yeah, like yeah. it's it's a you know you know how you buy those sugar wafers do you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah. they've got that sort of sugary confection in the middle and then they've got like a wafer thing okay so imagine that coated in chocolate that already exists <laughs> but somewhere in it they put that butterfinger stuff <laughs> whatever that toffee is or whatever right, right, right. oh my god these are the greatest things ever made they're so dangerous uh it sounds my like wife it. buys them to put in her candy bowl at at work on her desk that oh, no. all the, the attorneys come by you know and take candy out of the bowl so she'll buy it and she, she knows better she leaves me one of the little, <laughs> the little fun size i'm like, and i'm like oh thank you you're so awesome a because you left me one and b because you only left me one uh because i would eat the whole uh, the whole bag of she's those. looking out for you but they're but they're terrific so uh all right uh, let's do a little uh, uh let's do a little beer tasting here that's uh, a big to beer. begin this segment uh, yeah, yeah this is a big deal a <laughs> uh, big beer this is from nola nola i mentioned in the last segment i think one of the more interesting breweries in the southern part of the united states because they're very adventurous they're based in new orleans and you just you know what you can't live in new orleans and not pick up a a sense of that Mm -hmm. city's sort of like uh sort of maverick adventurousness Mm -hmm. you know uh here's what they say about sauvage now sauvage is one of uh, nola brewing company's funk series they've done a series that have the funk label on them so this is one of those i haven't had any of the others but here's what it says on the bottle it says the wild side of pale sauvage is rebirth pale ale fermented with the dirty dozen brett blend uh entirely in french oak barrels resulting in woody and earthy notes finally sauvage is finished with not one but two encores of dry hopping because of the high level of uh, aroma hopping uh, the beer is in best enjoyed uh, best enjoyed fresh in good company while getting a little wild and then they uh, also go on to say that sauvage street in new orleans is named for the wild swamp and the native american campgrounds that initially occupied the area during european uh, development even though it's long since been tamed and developed for two weeks every spring sauvage street is transformed back into the wild heart of the city acting as the main entrance to jazz fest mm. uh you can hear it beat out loud so that's what sauvage is all about and that is a uh, uh, some sort of jazzing instrument on top of a heart inside the illustration and now we've done everything except taste it so let's uh let's open this bad boy up i had an opener somewhere Where you? here it is i got it. Oh. um here okay. it is um so let's open this bad boy up and try it because they certainly have usually you don't see a pale ale in a big bottle like this so True. i'm i'm kind of interested to see well you know the uh the brett the bretonomyces was actually here in the u.s considered Ooh. a uh contamination yes yes i know <laughs> i will tell you that this until, from the moment i'm uh, oh, sorry go ahead I, was, no, I didn't mean to stop your story no i was gonna say until uh uh what's it what's it called from um oh well i'm totally oh, the guy from goose island yeah goose yeah. until goose island uh-huh. right uh right they, it figured it right, out. right they did tame it and figure it out now i will tell you i think there's some of that going on here with this pale ale 
Uh, I'm gonna uh, and I if I could pronounce that word properly, I'd say it again. Yeah, but wh- you, wh- one more time. Uh, you said it. Retinomyces. Retinomyces. I think that was the lead singer for Poison, wasn't it? <laughs> Retinomyces. Uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> hair metal today. Yeah. Um, so I can tell you that from the moment I popped the cap on this. Uh, funk it's is an funk appropriate word. And bananas. Funk and bananas. It's a funky banana. Um, so the Nola Savage. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what you call it? This is a pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> I call it whatever I need to to get the job done. Um, so, uh, so this is a pale ale and a very interesting one. This is not your grandma's pale ale. That's for sure. Um, I'm seeing some interesting looks on your faces as I'm pouring this in uh, and uh, getting ready to try it for the first time. Um, Ian, you go this, first. This is not completely different from the ballast point that we tried earlier, except really? for you would replace all the blueberry flavors with banana. Well, I will tell you, it is very different on the nose because the ballast point tasted like it smelled. Right. And in my mind, this doesn't taste anything like it smells. Um, I, you know, The smell to me is almost off-putting, in fact. It's so funky. <laughs> But, it's definitely funky. But when you taste it, then that banana flavor comes like right to the surface and really makes it enjoyable. It's almost a little bit bitter banana. It's it's really interesting. I've never had a beer with banana flavors that quite like this. Um, this We've had lots of banana flavors because it, uh, the Hefeweizens well, have Hefeweizens have very banana right. flavor, but it's never tart. Like, this has a right. tart banana flavor. Well, I, I don't even say, know. That's a very bizarre thing to put together. You're, you're absolutely right. Unless it would be like banana-flavored sweet tarts. I don't know if uh, yeah, you, I don't you'd, know. Ever, uh, you'd ever think of that. Or yeah. Runts. Uh, so lots of candy references on the show today. Um, candy and hair metal. I wonder what that means. I mean, this uh, is, it's funny because the, the initial, like, right-up front flavor of this is a pale ale. Like right, it literally just tastes and like a pale ale, and then smacks you with banana. Now they call yeah, it a, it's all in a very in. comical, like I just slipped on a banana peel kind of way. They <laughs> describe it on the front as Brett B R E T T Brett Pale Ale with Galaxy Hops. Do you know what Brett Pale Ale is? That that's, I'm not familiar Brett. with that term. Brett is is just the Brett Nemias. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. That's short for Brett Nemias. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or some guy named Brett just the, made a pale ale. The lead singer poison. The lead singer poison. Dudes, we have a pale ale. Um, so uh, what's your take on this? And we can't this? call it poison. <laughs> I enjoy it, and, and, and I think y'all right, uh, hit it right on the head. Um, with, it just tastes like an ordinary pale ale right off the front. But then not and at then all once the after. It slides in, it. and you get a ton of banana. Um, you know, it, it does have kind of that funky, and I don't want to say, I don't want to venture to use the word must. But, but I dank. know what you mean. Dank, dank. We like we like dank. Yes. <laughs> All right, we'll go with dank. So, so my got, it's danky. My take <laughs> on it is that my take on it is that the nose is like off the charts. Like I can't even tell you what I think about the nose. But when you taste it, it Happy. opens almost like a straight ahead pale ale. Mm-hmm. Then it hits you with that secondary flavor, which is where that banana and and that sort of um, tartness tartness comes through. Yeah. And then the retro hail is almost like a much darker beer, like a bourbon barrel aged, so, because I, you get some of those raisiny, um, dark date, kind of things, sort yeah. of dark fruit things happening on the retro hail. So it's one of the more complex beers I think I've tasted in a while, and definitely the most complex that I've tasted in a long time that wasn't like a bourbon barrel aged stout or, or porter. 
This right here is one of those, and because it comes in the bomber size, this is one of those where this is exactly the right outlet for mm -hmm. for beer like that. You get a bunch of friends, and we all try a glass of it, right, and talk about it. it. Yeah, that's that is a very conversation piece. That I, I really enjoy it. I really everybody like it. everybody at your party will be talking about this yes. if you're pouring little cups of it and passing it. Passing uh, I think it around. it's very good. It's very interesting. It's a lot of things, and it's quite drinkable. On top of that, and I'll say this about it: unlike some of the um, the you know, heavier like uh, barrel aged porters and stouts and things that we have a tendency to try on the show, which can handle being warmed up to maybe room temperature. You want to sample this one cold. Yeah. It's it's in the pale ale family, and it's going to be best when it's cold. I don't think I'd enjoy. I this wonder if nearly if as much up, if the bottle is warm. I wonder if it warms up if it just turns into a banana bomb. Just banana, yeah. <laughs> well, then it could be like yeah. just banana, and because and you might lose that sort of pale ale thing on the front, right? And the banana might hit you first. Uh, it's very interesting. What's the ABV on it? Because mm. I, I get almost nothing on the flavor. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me see if nine. I would be surprised. Was it really that high? There's something around nine. Mm. Forgot where I saw it. I think it was on. There you go. Guess what, guys? Six point oh. seven. Okay. Six point seven. Yeah. Okay. So I would have guessed it high. around five, but because yeah. you don't, you don't taste it very much. No, no. you really don't. And it's not like uh, it's not. It doesn't give you that feeling like, oh boy, I better be careful with this. It's going to bowl me over. You know. I'm going for seconds yeah. though. Uh, well, I'm let says, this one warm up. And that see, says a lot. <laughs> see what we get. Actually, uh, it does say a lot if you're going for seconds because you're going to see if it turns into that banana bomb. Yeah, you got I'm me also now. I'm also going to pair it with the four roses and see now, how these. That's stand up interesting because I already polished off my first sort of, <laughs> but I can try it on the nose. You know, some things pair and some things don't. You know, it's really interesting because it brings out certain things on the four roses that you didn't get before. Um, and it actually pairs pretty well, yeah. Overall, but it brings out a, a kind of a chocolatey undertone to the four roses and a little caramely kind of stuff that I really didn't get a whole lot of before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Well, while we're uh, while we're sort of savoring the unusualness of this, uh, let's move on to our next uh, iteration of the Four Roses family. And uh, so you've taken us from the uh, from the start with the with the basic bourbon. Where do we go next? Uh, so we're going to walk over to um, our small batch. Oh, nice! Which is prior to working for this company, one of my all time favorite whiskeys. So, or uh, bourbons, I'm sorry. Uh, now that's really interesting. Um, did, did your love for the whiskey come first, or did the did the job come first? Oh, definitely the bourbon came first, <laughs> by far, by far. I love it. Um, I gotta, I gotta figure that being able to be a representative for something that you already really liked yeah. in the first place. It's got to be one of life's like true pleasures, right? I don't think everybody I hope they and everybody doesn't get to to experience that, you I know? hope at the home office they make it challenging for you a little bit cuz right now it sounds like your job's pretty easy. I'll talk to my barber a couple everybody likes. Yeah, my barber a couple weeks ago and I was like, "Man, he was asking me how the new job was going." I was like, "I was like, dude, I was like, if I ever sit down in your chair, and hear me gripe about the day I had. It's like, <laughs> just kick me out and tell me to go somewhere else. It's like, is he yeah, clip my ear a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah. Put me yeah. back in line. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I'm kind of like that with my friends. No one wants to hear me complain about this. Right. You know, <laughs> they're like, oh, just shut up. You know, <laughs> and I'll be going like, you know, that Ian man, he can be so difficult to work with, and whatever. And they're like, you know, just have another whiskey and and stop talking. Uh, I will tell you, this is uh, this is wonderful on the nose, wonderful. 
Yeah, so uh, the big difference between this product and uh, the one right before our standard bourbon is this will always contain these same four recipes. Okay. So it's not a blend of up to four at any time. It will always have the same four recipes. I just want to show this bottle it's beautiful. specifically to yeah, the it's camera. A really pretty bottle. Yes, it is a gorgeous bottle uh, because I'm going to talk about this a lot. I love this. This is terrific. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of hits my palate right in the sweet spot for how I like my bourbon to taste. The fruitiness on this is so pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like mm-hmm. the the uh, the bright fruit flavors that are in this. Because it, it, it's surprising. I, I'm used to whiskey usually having more darker fruit flavors. Right. This has more bright fruit uh, flavors right up front. And again, we're not, uh, just like in the, in the first bourbon, we're not experiencing a lot of that oakiness. This is really more about Mm-mm. the fruitier uh, side. Although there's maybe a little bit of maple, but it's more like it's more like maple syrup maple than it is like maple wood barrel. Yeah. Maples. Does that make sense? No, it, it completely. Um, and when we get down to one of those guys, I'll, I'll explain that and what I like to use it for. Okay. Um, but like I was saying, with these four um, bourbons that we're using, is they're always going to be the same four bourbons going into that um, going into that mm-hmm. bottle. So it's going to be, and we'll give you a real quick lesson on our coating because mm-hmm. when we get down to our picks, you always hear like, "Oh, I got an OBSV or an OESK." Um, so. O was just always going to be the first of all of our recipe codes. It's just okay. our, it's our way to find it. Uh, the second letter, B or E, will be our mash bill. So the B mash bill is going to be the one that's going to be our high rye, so 35% uh, rye on that one. And we always will use 5% uh, barley in our mash bills. Uh, and that's just to jumpstart uh, fermentation and all that. Uh, and then we've got in um, our E mash bill, is that's going to be our 20% rye. So that's going to be our, st- our technically still a high rye mm-hmm. bourbon, but still that's going to be the one with a lot more corn. So that's that's coming at you with 75% corn. So you've got a lot of s- more sweetness coming mm-hmm. in that one. Uh, people tend to seek those out a little bit. Um, S stands for straight distillation. So let them know that it's designated to, in, it's intended to be straight bourbon. So it's not getting mm-hmm. touched until it, it hits that mark. Uh, but then the last one is where the magic happens. That's all our yeast codes. That's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these will have two bourbons for, of each mash bill. So two two OBs and two OEs. And we'll also have two K yeast and two O yeast. So with that, you're getting um, a light spice. So we're kind of adding a little bit more spice in there with um, with that yeast. Mm-hmm. And then, but at the same time, we're adding in uh, rich fruit. Mm-hmm. So we're, again, we're getting back to that rich fruit where mm-hmm. we're rounding out that spice. Because though it may always have those four recipes, it's never exactly going to be in the same, you know, uh, proportions. So that way, if we have to go a little more high rye, we can add a little bit more of that case and get a little bit um, uh, more rich fruit into it and, and roll it out a little bit. Not for nothing, but I was told there would be no math. So uh, this is this is uh, no, but but there is a certain amount of uh, I'm joking, but there is a certain amount of math and formula that has to go into this. And see, in my mind, this is how I romanticize things in a way that's not very realistic. I picture the master distiller as someone who's walking around to the various kegs. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> with the Glencairn and smelling them and tasting them and going no 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 and oh yes 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 and 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 kind of magically <laughs> in his brain all these things come together and i'm sure there is an element of that to it but it really is about science in in many ways isn't it yeah. as much as art right so, so when you get in so basically for picking for batches yes i mean he's sampling barrels all the time uh we also have quality control people that uh, take care of that as well um 
but we have a sensory lab. Like you walk in and when they're putting batches together, like literally this entire room is going to be lined um, with stem footed uh, <laughs> uh, nosing and tasting glasses, a little glass disc on them. And Please tell me they wear lab coats. No. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think if Ashley wears a lab coat. Ah, she might have a lab coat. I think it depends on what they're doing that day. But when she's doing tours, she doesn't have a lab coat on. But you know who I want to see in a lab coat? They do in is, our yeast lab, though. Is Jimmy from Shiner. Yeah, that dude in a lab coat. Wouldn't that be great? I love Jimmy. I've met Jimmy on a few times. He's so fun. Best. Yeah. He is the best. Yeah. But so, so that's how they do it. And, and yeah. so they'll, they'll put their batch together, they'll get their percentage out of it. But as opposed to going volume wise um, on how yeah. we batch our products out, is we go on a weight basis. Oh, so nice. So we start dumping and we go according to weights. And we're doing the lit actual batch of pulling the whiskey from the barrel. So again, math. I'm telling you, I can't escape it. <laughs> My math teacher said you will need this in your work, and I was like, oh no, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> People about. People a lot smarter than me make this product, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is really delicious, and I will say, uh, what is the retail price point for a bottle like this, generally um, speaking? MSR. Well, won't hold you to it. But. Yeah, uh, MSRP, uh, I mean, you can find it on the internet, um, says thirty two ninety nine. So still a fair price for what you're getting. Wow. At thirty two ninety nine, you're still, you've taken a product that's a step up, and priced it where a lot of people's like base product is, you know. Yep. Uh, that's honestly, is it? Uh, I want to ask this question the right way. Mm-hmm. How are you able to do that? Is it production? Is it the sort of uh, ubiquity of the name? How long it's been around? Is it? Is it some? And like, how do you do that? How do you release this quality at a price that's essentially less than what your competitors are doing? So that I have no insight to. That is all done on, you know, a <laughs> yeah. the, the top. They science the shit out of the yeah, numbers. way more, way more science and, and cost. I believe it. I and believe cost it. analysis and how to hit those um, those numbers is completely off my basis. I have no. You know, clue. you gotta you gotta wonder too though. There's a, there's a market issue because you've got really really delicious liquids here thank you um but there's also sometimes so you know some shoppers are going to think oh well if it's at that price point i should probably go higher than that and and that and that's one of the things that uh we that i personally run into and and you see people like just random post or i'll get texts just because people you know know that i'm in the business and it's like hey i want to spend x amount of dollars on a bourbon you know what should i get what should i buy yeah i mean you can buy eight terrible bourbon for 80 bucks right like it exists mm-hmm. like there's many no, they brands. exist yeah You're right it's You're possible right. to get that you can also buy some of the best bourbon in the world probably for 80 bucks but i mean if you think back you know in the day as you started approaching that 30 dollar range um, and it started creeping up like that was unheard of like right back know, in the day and, and i know I'm, I'm too young to speak on that but that's just you know from my experience in the industry and the people i've talked to been mm-hmm. around for a long time is no one ever imagined a 30 dollars 750 bottle of bourbon and now it's just kind of you know it, it's, it's hard to get people to not correlate price to quality right and right. so we, we you know it's it's funny because i find that with almost anything there's there's areas where there's sweet spots and it's harder to find better um, better bourbons, I think, right now below th- uh, below the thirty dollar mark. However, there are a few that are just outstanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I think between the thirty and forty dollar mark right now, there's a lot of products out there that are actually pretty good. It's a pretty good now, sweet spot. If they're yeah, worth good spot the right forty dollars or worth the thirty dollars, I think that that's a great place to shop. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, some of my favorite like uh, bourbons that sit on my shelf 
are $25 bottles, mm-hmm. you know, 25 to $35 bottles. They don't have to be expensive. Oh, yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. this bottle's had a place on my shelf for almost six years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. This bottle's going to have a place on my shelf. <laughs> hey, I'll arm wrestle you for it. I can write that down. I sold and, something. And it should. So. That's good. <laughs> uh, speaking One of selling things, uh, the airport in Glasgow, Scotland, uh, is banning <laughs> the selling of sambuca and tequila shots in order to try to crack down on drunken behavior before flights (laughs) now i'm actually offended by the sambuca part who knew this was a problem right Uh, the airport (laughs) is putting a zero tolerance campaign into practice and they'll also be stopping passengers from drinking alcohol bought in duty free in the airport on flights so if you go to the uh, duty free and you pick up a bottle of something, you can't drink it on the flight with you. <laughs> uh, police will also be warned in advance. I can't make this up about stag and hen party bookings, so they can be on hand if drunken incidents occur. Who's having a stag or hen party at the airport? <laughs> well, I, I don't understand. Uh, it's part of a scheme called uh, Campus Watch. A campaign against disruptive behavior at the airport, which can lead to delayed flights. Of course, it can. It has nothing to do with the fact that you know the uh, uh, you know the you know machinery on the aircraft had to be repaired, or the air traffic controllers uh, <laughs> slowed down in the in the thing, or or the hey, um, that no. that may be true in England. Yeah, that may be true in even Reykjavik, mm-hmm. but. In Glasgow, it's different. Oh, yeah, it's all about tequila there. Uh, They've invested about 10,000 pounds into the scheme, which covers a broad range of offenses. However, you will still be able to drink mixers at the airport, such as gin and tonics, Bloody Marys, or vodkas and Cokes. So so you, you're not allowed to take shots. You just right. have to work a little harder to get right. the same amount. Right. It's, or you it's, have it's to, like being yeah. at a wedding. It's like, Challenge accepted. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you can't. We're not going to serve you a shot of, of bourbon. I'll take my bourbon on the rocks. Yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you've been to some weddings. <laughs> Best workaround ever. Yes, <laughs> that that totally works. My favorite line in wedding when people ask a, a friend of the bride, friend of the groom, I would say, friend of the shrimp. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back. We're going to do some more, uh, do some more tasting. I see some bottles over there labeled single barrel. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does this one say? Ooh, Elliot Select. And it says limited edition. Oh, so uh, we're going to have to talk some more. Four Roses, when we come back, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting. It is show number 112. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> we got Alan Denny. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. It's nice to have you on board with us for show uh, number 112. Uh, title of today's show is Washing Down Halloween Candy uh, with uh, with and talking about uh, Four Roses. So we have already talked a little Four Roses, but uh, there was a very interesting article, and this is going to be a bit Texas-centric, uh, but a very interesting article that ran in the Houston Chronicle recently about nine great craft beers to help wa- wash down leftover Halloween candy. And... Uh, they basically went out from the Chronicle and uh, sought out somebody to help them with this and wound up with a uh, Houston beer expert, Josh, Josh Justice, who's uh, described as being the head beer cowboy at Flying Saucer downtown uh, in Houston. So if you are visiting Houston, by the way, and you're a beer aficionado, that is a, an absolute place 
uh, to go is flying saucer. So, uh, so I'm going to try to uh, run through. Also, it's close walking distance to McCoy, so you can go get a. Cigar. Oh right, so you, and, and see that works perfectly because mm-hmm. uh, McCoy's is uh, you know actually one of the one of the first places that we. Uh, you know, got involved in and did the show. I haven't been down there in a little while. I need to yeah, go back and say hi. It's, it's always fun to go down to McCoy's. I, I love it down there. So I'm trying to work my way back. Here we go. Uh, all right. So let me just walk you through this uh, article. It's nine, uh, nine different kinds of candies and beers that they might pair with. All right. Just uh, skip straight to candy corn. We know that's where you're uh, leading. Yeah, right? we know, we know yeah, we're headed yeah. there. Uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, he says, go with a dead-on pairing here and try Ballast Point. Peanut butter victory at sea. Why not? And we've had we victory have. at sea. Yes, yes. Uh, very nice. Uh, Snickers. He says lots of classic malt flavors. So cut back the chocolate and caramel sweetness with drier complementary flavors. He recommends the 512 Nut Brown, mm. which is also a very good yeah. beer out of Austin, Texas. Uh, Skittles. He says, "Oh, I'm con- dying to hear this one." Contrast yeah. the fruity and crunchy sweet mouthfeel with something dry with booze to wash down the sugar. Uh, something from Duvel, perhaps. Oh yeah, yeah. So that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would that would pair rather nicely. Uh, this is all for you, Ian. Candy corn, <laughs> super sweet. <laughs> you knew it had to be on the list. Looking for some contrast with malt sweetness, we would do a doppelbach like the Wasatch Devastator. Does anyone actually ever eat candy corn, or do they just save it and pass it out again next year? I see. I kind of. And like would anyone be able that. to tell? It, I kind of like it, candy. Does corn. it have a shelf but life? No. <laughs> But no, no one would it has be a able half to life. Yeah. yeah, candy corn actually doesn't have a shelf life. But it has a half life. Yeah, it's like right. plutonium. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things that no one has ever said no one to anyone ever. Mom, this candy corn is stale. <laughs> said no one. To that was your grandpa's ever. candy so, corn. So, so pair yeah. that with uh, with uh, the doppelbach. With the doppelbach, the uh, the Watchatch Devastator was uh, was his recommendation. Very so, interesting. Uh, Kit Kat. We mentioned Kit Kat earlier on Kit the show. Kit Kats are delicious. Not? Have you seen they have them in the little nibs now? Like yes, little, yeah, I know. Those are so know. good. Uh, it says here, pair the light, airy uh, wafer and milk chocolate with real ale dry Irish stout. Uh, oh, I bet that's the uh, nitro pour gives the beer a light, smooth drinkability with yet, plenty but. of dry cocoa and toffee flavor and a dry finish that's going to pair really well. What I love, by the way, is that all of this is very serious. I like most things with the real ale. Label, yeah, by well, the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they and make great beer. The, one of the best bang for the bucks is their uh, is their uh, devil's um, the backbone. Devil's backbone. Yeah, devil's backbone. Yes, like you buy a case of that and you are wrecked because it's somewhere like an eight <laughs> percent beer <laughs> yes. and they just yeah. sell it like it's a. You know, it's on the same price point as no, everything as else. If it's it no joke. Uh, how about Smarties? Did you always like Smarties Ooh. when you were a kid? Yeah. yeah. yeah My brother-in-law loves Smarties. Smarties are dry and tart, so they recommend going with a fruited Berliner Weiss, like Eureka Heights Shower Tears. Shower tears. Have you had shower tears? I love I have the names of their No, beers. I have not. I love Eureka I've, Heights. Though. I've never. Yeah, I've never had anything. The names of their beers are so good. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they are the best. And and we talked about it on the show, but their uh, mini uh, boss, their mini boss, where it says uh, all your hopper belong to us. <laughs> that's just brilliant. Like like they totally like resonated with me in a way that made me a fan. I'll buy their beer forever. Yeah. So plus it's very tasty. Hershey's Kisses. So you got a pair of simple uh, ch- uh, classic chocolate flavor with a classic Alesmith Speedway Stout is smooth, huge chocolate and coffee flavor. So that's Speaking what of Ale Smith, mm-hmm. I haven't had an old numbskull in a while. I'm going to have to have oh, some. Oh, old numbskull. Yeah, so good. that's good. Uh, <clears throat> Swedish Fish. 
Swedish fish linger with the dry, chewy, preserved fruit flavor, so they recommend an old-school fruit beer uh, like uh, Leafman's Frutess. I can see that. Yeah. I, you know, Swedish fish are one of those candies that are just oddly good, mm-hmm. but good in such a bad way. You know, like like yeah. Jack in the Box tacos are kind of good. <laughs> yes, you know? yes, yeah, like that kind of. I I love <laughs> hate Jack in the Box tacos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, I believe this may be the last one. Yes, uh, Sour Patch Kids mm. uh, pair sour with sour here. They say and do Sierra Nevada's Otra Vez. The agave notes will help clean it up and cut down the sour a bit. So. There's the recommendation. I have to say, Sour Patch Kids are delicious. Sour Patch Kids. When I'm when I'm on a long trip in my car, they keep me awake. All right, so no movies without them either. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So so we'll move now from the ridiculous to the sublime and uh, uh, go with our next iteration of Four Roses. Um, Okay. What are we What are we looking at here, Nick? So this is our uh, standard single barrel release. Now I noticed there were two bottles side by side here on the table that were single barrel. Are these dramatically different? And and are they? From different barrels, is well, that what's this different? is an OBSF? If you haven't noticed, uh, I did not know. Yes, yeah, so this is so. Like I said, this is our standard um, offering uh, from Four Roses for standard our single, barrel. single barrel. Okay, yeah, it'll always be the same recipe, OBSV, and it will always be one hundred proof. He didn't even look at the bottle for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so <laughs> say it enough times. <laughs> All right. While you're pouring, hint, hint, hint. Uh, I know, no, no, there that we go. Awesome, best sound effect of the show so far. Nice job, Nicholas. Um, so uh, while you are, uh, oh, I thought you were gonna. I was, but I, was, I, fe- I realized that the joke was a little late, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, we Perfect. do have a sound effects. Board. It's all high tech here on smoking yes. and toasting. I'll leave it here if you think you can figure out the command center on this thing. So, Nicholas, let's say I'm uh, let's say I'm in the market for one of your um, for one of your bourbons, and I, I want to, but I want to get something that is you know a step above. Am I more interested in a single barrel? Or am I more interested in, let's say, something that is barrel strength? So we offer both. Okay. And what's the difference? What am I? How am I? What am I doing apples to oranges here? Okay. So again, um, like I said, our standard um, single barrel will always be that OBSV recipe. So it's our high rye mash bill, mm-hmm. and it's going to have our delicate um, fruit for the uh, yeast strain that we use uh, mm-hmm. in that recipe. And it'll always be the same. So if you notice, through our standard core, we're always taking spice and mm-hmm. we're rounding it out with fruit. Right. Um, and this does that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you get into your our private picks, that's where you start getting different from what we normally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I say that, I mean our private barrel selection. So be yeah. it through a store um, or a local establishment, um, they have the opportunity on occasion, if we have inventory, to uh, purchase um, private barrels from us. Um, it's a very long waiting list, a very... I mean, I couldn't even. It's probably this long at this point. <laughs> it's like our buddy Chris Hart. That's all he drinks. If it's available to the general public, he's <laughs> away with you. He wants <laughs> he wants something that that's like totally exclusive that he can uh, then go and post a picture uh, of on Houston Bourbon Society and uh, <laughs> and people will go, dude, you were so cool. You have that. I'm messing with you, Chris. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but but no, he has actually access. To uh, a lot of that stuff yeah. because of what he does, and, and so he has the opportunity well, to the, taste a lot. That's of it, one of the know? downsides to hanging out with Chris, and I love Chris, but 
anytime, like if you hang out with him, you're like, man, I really like that. What is that? Can't, you can't get, get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he when, when you hang out with Chris, he brings out the cannons. He yeah, likes, he's he he's really wants you to know that he's got the always good, an amazing guest. Yeah, he, I, I love doing bottle shares with Chris. So. And he also, by the way, um, uh, does bring out the cannons on his show, Whiskey Neat, which we recommend and yes. and, uh, and think you should uh, should check out. So, on that um, so now tell me, uh, tell me again uh, the difference between these two single barrels that you or maybe tell me for the first time so um anytime we do a private selection barrel mm -hmm. um it's going to be bottled at um at cast strength so okay. it's coming literally it's straight out of the barrel vacuumed out the only thing uh processing it goes through when we do that so it will be non-chill filtered is that just a small um like film that it goes through just to pull the barrel char out uh the, some people will leave the barrel char in there, but for cosmetic reasons, uh, we've opted to uh, remove the Does barrel char. Does it make it a little murky? Is that why? It can, and especially um, as it breaks down in time, because right. um, when you're dealing with barrel strength liquid at that point, and it's such high proof, it's going to start to break down that barrel char. And if you shake it, it looks disgusting. <laughs> I, I, I've got a couple of barrels of some other stuff in my house that I've done that to, and mm -hmm. you don't want to drink it. It doesn't affect the flavor, but it just looks it horrible. It doesn't look like something you'd want to yeah. consume. Yeah. And so, like I said, so that it, will always be barrel more like strength. one of the beers I bring usually. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Ian's, brew, uh, Ian's beers are known for actually being chewy. And when I say chewy, I don't mean that as a descriptor. I mean actually, <laughs> literally chewy. There's stuff in them you have to use your teeth. To, uh, it's like Capricia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ian, your thoughts on uh, this uh, this single barrel? Uh, it's outstanding. The, uh, it's interesting because uh, this one has more heat, obviously, yes. because we got the um, the uh, proof on it is is a hundred proof. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I find it interesting uh -oh. because two the uh, the upfront flavor on this is much bigger, and then finishes with the delicate fruit. Mm -hmm. um, so it's almost. A little caramely chocolatey right up front that yep. finishes with this delicate fruit, and it's interesting balance because this is like this would be if you want something that has a little more body overall to mm -hmm. it. This is definitely right. where it's, you'd it's go. It's definitely fuller. If you like the more yeah. delicate flavors, you would back off to this one, I think, pretty mm -hmm. quickly. But this this is more robust. I, I definitely like where this one goes. This yeah, plays but, maybe a little more to your particular taste. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. The cheat sheet we kind of have on the three cores is Monday through Thursday, <laughs> Friday through Saturday. Yep, yep. You know, you're stepping up, yep. getting a little bit yep. nicer yep. for the weekend, mm -hmm. and then so after uh, after dinner on Sunday. After dinner on right. Sunday, so that's winding, great. winding down from the weekend. So the then, week. I know we haven't tasted this yet, but when do you go to Elliot's Select Barrel Strength? Holidays. Um, that <laughs> Christmas one Christmas Eve <laughs> special events, right? yeah, special especially events. that's uh, so that was a 2016 release, and you, we cannot uh, currently find that anywhere. Oh, if you're okay, lucky. thanks a lot, Chris Hart. Yeah, okay, Chris so. Bottomall. <laughs> Chris Bottomall. But one thing he must have heard our name because I just got a little ding on here. That says Chris is watching. There him. he oh, is. Good, good, love it. So, um, and then one thing that I said that was different is that we are using a different. Um, uh, recipe with um, mm -hmm. our private barrel selections nice so going through that we can do different things um the reason i brought this one this is one that i had smoking and toasting uh, that i brought with me mm -hmm. uh so oh, from the whiskey from the whiskey yeah. Yeah. Uh, i'm sorry yeah, yeah. from the whiskey yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm sorry uh this is one was selected by blind pig liquor uh so this one will always have the actual age on it so this is eight years five months and as was said it's our obs f recipe so high rye mash bill uh but then uh as herbal herbal however you want to say it notes mm -hmm. uh to it and it's going to drink a lot hotter because it's going to be 122 proof 
So you've got some some umph behind it, and I remember trying that and enjoying that. Now, is this the one we are tasting now, or the no, one we're about to taste? This is one that we are about to taste. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Well, let me. Uh, we can switch my... cups if you need to. Oh no! Now, let me just take care of this. Then. So and no then, bourbon left behind. We have a policy. <laughs> and, and the reason I brought this is, and why I like taking this to events like the whiskey sniff and trade shows or tastings in general, where uh, we can talk about the product, is it shows the versatility of the distillery and what right. we do. Because so, because even the one that we've just tasted is very, although there's commonalities, it's a very, very different experience than the first couple that that we did. Yes. And I can totally see why you walk up in, in this, you know, in this sort of flight here, because um, to... To go backwards, you would you would find some of the lower proof and and some of the more basic ones to be a little flat, but mm-hmm. they certainly weren't when we were sampling them. Correct. So, uh, so it's all about uh, saving the best for last, I guess, is a good way to. I, I, I want to do something real quick. After yeah. You've yes. had some of the whiskeys we've had. Take a sip of your Love Street. I'm going to say two words. Yeah. Breakfast cereal. <laughs> it tastes like breakfast cereal after having a Let me drink some more whiskey and I'll try it again. My right, palate's right. kind of fresh, so yeah. it tastes like Love Street to me. <laughs> um, mm, mm, mm. But what I like most about that one is it, it, uh, use, it utilizes our F yeast um, in the recipe bill. So what, what you're getting out of Can that... Can we now refer to it as F and yeast because that's F way and cool. yeast. That's right, way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, way the F, so the F and yeast <laughs> is what uh, makes it different. And it brings out with that high-rise mash bill is you're approaching such a high quantity of rye in there that you're only 16% rye in the mash bill away from being considered a rye whiskey. So there's a lot of rye, there's herbal notes from the fermentation process. So I kind of target that to rye. This one's so, downright spicy. Right, yes. so this like is not actually way. considered a rye whiskey, but it's getting close to yeah, I mean, you're the line up. where you would have to do it. Not that that would be a bad thing necessarily, but getting close to the line where that would be what you do. Yeah, from a recipe standpoint, fifty-one percent rye um, is when you can be classified there's a, as a rye there's whiskey. There's a little, there's a little hang tag on here, a mm-hmm. dongle, if you will, that uh, that has all your. Uh, it says the ten recipes of Four Roses Bourbon, and it has a small description of each one. Mm-hmm. And for this one, it says mint, fruity, spicy, full body. I think I'll agree with all that. The mint kind of shows up almost on the very outside edges of the flavor. Uh, and just, just a kiss of it. It's really kind of interesting. And I don't know if I'd have picked it up without reading that. Uh, but the fruity and the spicy definitely are there. Well, yeah. I see, I'm getting on this one, I'm getting more sort of a vanilla and toffee uh, kind of in the in the center of it. Like a, a more... More pronounced than in the previous ones. So what you need to do had. is match that with your leftover Heath bars. Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. It feels like that would work just perfectly. Yeah. It I really does. Candy. I meant to yeah. bring candy. Yeah, see, you know. Um, no, but I mean it's it's got um uh, it's got a more distinct uh, sort of barrel age yeah. sort of a, a flavor to it. How does this to me than some of the previous ones? How does ones? this do with the cube of ice? So I'm curious as to what water does to this. So or, I, I know how a lot of a lot of whiskey drinkers get down on the like purist. It's neat. That's how it's how it's got to go. Um, anytime I approach a new whiskey, I always try it neat first. Yep. But when it comes down to just enjoying it, and I found out that I do like it, I always put an ice cube or two in there. Same here. We're in Texas. It's hot. 
Yeah. I want to drink, I just, I like I drink something cold. Well, I, you know, I, I tell people I do this because I also like the whole experience of the flavors because different flavors come out when it's cold. And then as the ice melts in and you water it down, you open up a bunch of different flavors as well. Yeah, and this one, and th- these definitely do open uh, considerably. Um, trying the to, best trying ice in the world, by the way, for this, if, if you don't it. have the big round, like this is made for whiskey ice, mm-hmm. is Sonic Ice. Sonic Ice, because it's that yeah, chip. And, and you can just go through the drive-thru and buy a bag of ice. Oh, I it's love like two it. Bucks, what a great yeah. idea. I will say, though, just what you were talking about, Ian, you and I were both at this event. Uh, it was an event at B&B Butchers in the upstairs area. It was a Balvini event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they broke out the Balvini 30-year. Yes. And then proceeded to put water in it. A bunch of Remember? water. Like, a bunch of water. Yeah. And, and I was standing there like, are you kidding me? And then I and then I kept, like, sampling it. I'm like, no, I'm watching no, the flavor profile They're change. not yeah. kidding. Not only are we, is it interesting to watch it change, but I actually am liking it even yeah. more now. That it's got uh, some water in it. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe there's a sort of a uber purist faction that says you can't do that. you got to drink I've, it neat I've right run out into of the these barrel. I've people but, at bars all the time. I can't yeah. believe you're going to ruin that whiskey by putting ice in it. I, <laughs> I, I purposely made a Booker's Rye Manhattan to nice. irritate <laughs> some people there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that. so. I think what happens is as, as, the water, uh, as the water dilutes it a bit, you end up with more and more flavors i mean that's more bang for your buck mm-hmm. yeah whereas whereas when you're drinking it neat you get one dense thing going on that you try mm-hmm. i don't know i always enjoy just a little bit of ice i was interested to see how it yeah and and, and it's always going to open for sure all right we are going to take a uh, quick break we're going to come back and uh, do just a little more four roses because i have to say everything has been really outstanding but wait yeah there's more but there wait more. there's more and uh duncan donuts have teamed up with Harpoon out of Boston. Uh, We have a Harpoon Dunkin' Coffee Porter to taste, and I'm keeping it nice and cold. And that should actually go well with any of this You would think so, yes. It was uh, in my mind when I I planned bringing that in today. So we'll cross our fingers and hope for that. Final segment coming back. It's Smoking and Toasting Show number 112. And uh, thank you for listening and watching. I swear, after the whiskey... This tastes like cornflakes. <laughs> in, in a good way, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he got it now. He got it now. <laughs> it just tastes like cornflakes. All right, so have we tried everything but this one? Correct. Yeah. Perfect. Big Daddy's left. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It's your number 112. And can I just say, I love my job. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Some weeks you you enjoy it uh, particularly more than others. Uh, this is one of those weeks. Tasting through these uh, Four Roses iterations has been uh, has been a blast. Let me remind you uh, that we are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant. Uh, they're in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas, and in Houston at 1814 Washington Ave. If you are listening to us somewhere uh, other than the state of Texas, as many people do, uh, please bear B&B in mind should you be visiting the Lone Star State. Mm-hmm. It will be, uh, you know, if you come to Texas and you're from another um, another state, you really should eat a real Texas steak. It should be, unless it's unless you're vegetarian, you should eat a real Texas steak. It's, it's part of the, even if you're vegetarian. Even and if I'm you're not vegetarian, talking you about, want, you might want to think about taking a day I'm off. I'm talking about, yeah. Texas Roadhouse, the restaurant. No, no, no. You, you need to do a real very, one and B and B, which do taste uh, good, uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah well, that, they're not bad. Uh, yeah, but yeah. different. Yeah. And and of course, uh, the what I call the vegetarian killer, 
the B and B bacon. The bacon. Uh, Chef yeah. Tommy's bacon. Yeah. Oh, Chef Tommy's oh, bacon. <laughs> oh my God! Are you kidding me? Uh, that's amazing. I so, tend to eat two orders just for lunch. <laughs> I love it. That's where I want to go. Like as soon so, as the show is done. So, so uh, <laughs> let's go. You know, I'm into research here. Like yes. I really try to really try to put my foot on uh-huh. research. I went back to our You're that um, guy. Our Sauvage. Yes, the, the funk uh, beer from New Orleans. Yes. And here's the funny thing. Okay, so it's it's interesting and good cold. And then as it warmed up, it was bitter and banana. And I don't really like it so much, but now it's actually room temperature. It's a banana bomb, and it's And you like good it again. again. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so it, you want it either cold or room temperature, but not mildly cool is what you're saying. Yeah, mildly cool seems to do weird things to it, but cold is good, and, and room temperature is actually pretty good. It's the, it's the Brett and Michaels-a-sees the Brett uh, Michaels. stuff. <laughs> they act up at, the uh, Brett at Michaels slightly cool. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I don't know, but I, I have this image in my mind of little you know, like microscopic yeast well, well, with, a, with a headband on. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I I know he can go without the headband. I've just never Doesn't seen him do it. Like I, I think it's hairs or dog treats it. or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Does he make dog really? treats really? Dog I know he was on The Apprentice. Huh. And I know he's been on like several he, like different. Dating, I thought he had a line dating, of dating show. shows. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, you might have an eyeliner line coming up. Maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing he probably <laughs> does. Actually, I really liked him on The Apprentice. I was rooting for him to win, but uh, but anyway, uh, okay. So we are uh, show number 112. Our guest is Nicholas Tamantes from Four Roses, a really exceptional uh, uh, bourbon and whiskey company. And Nicholas, you have uh, you have really you know you've really brought us some goods here. Ian, I'm curious. We've just tried two different in the last segment. Two different single barrel selections. I was curious as to which one you liked the most. Uh, it's a little bit tough. Um, like choosing your favorite they're, child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're both really good. I think if I was picking one, again, I like the big. I like big and bold. And so I think I'm going to go for the the uh, the pig father part two. That was two. the first one or the second that one? That was the second one. The, the, second second one. One. the single barrel, though, is really, really good. Um Maybe I'm just liking it because you know how uh, in music speak we like things that are louder for whatever reason. We'll mm-hmm. almost always choose right, a louder right. thing. I wonder if I'm having a little bit of that. Because it is slightly having, louder than Just because it's yeah. slightly louder, so to mm-hmm. speak. It's a little bigger uh, initially. So I'm wondering if maybe that's it. But I like the flavor profile of both. They're actually not totally dissimilar um, in the... Uh, in the up front, they finish no, vastly different. They're more similar to each other than I think any of the other ones that we've tried. But you're right; it's the finish. The finish where is they, vastly where different, different. Whereas yeah. this one finishes with with kind of a fruit thing. This one finishes a little more spicy and a little more uh, on the darker flavors. <clears throat> I uh, I want to shift gears now and talk to you a little bit about the Harpoon Brewery in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I lived do, in Boston. Do we need a little sensitive background music? Uh, you know, maybe. Going into I'm, a reminisce I'm going to wax <laughs> philosophical for a moment. Well, because for me... Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, that totally worked. Uh, for me, I moved to Boston uh, and, and spent seven years there. And it was in Boston that I really became... I mean, I, I had already moved away from macro beer... As a as a beer consumer, but I hadn't moved that far. I was drinking things like uh, Shiner Bach, which I still enjoy today. But like that was that was you know maybe I had a St. Arnold Amber, and then and then I moved in the in the nineties, moved from Houston to uh, Boston, Mass. So you know how uh, Ian, when you're in Texas, 
pretty much every bar you go to is going to have a Shiner, probably yeah. Shiner Bach on tap. Because yeah. it's just a, a sort of a, a, it's kind of a standard. Like there, you've got your macro beer and then like your first sort of gateway beer yeah. has a tendency to be Shiner Bach. And for good reason, because it's a great beer. Well, in, uh, in New England, uh, that beer that was on tap everywhere, the college beer, if you will, uh, was Harpoon IPA. Mm -hmm. And I had never really spent any time drinking IPAs up until that point. Jealous. And it it really, it, it, it started my sort of obsession with craft beer because that beer was just, it was so good on tap at a bar in Boston when it's 27 degrees outside and snowing and you're sitting in there and, oh, it's just like, I am. I am reminiscing, uh, but that was. But that you was were a great waxing poetic, yeah. sir. So I actually got to know the uh, the guys at the brewery, and they are. Uh uh, they were. I haven't talked to them in a very long you time. You were they tripping were the Harpoon fantastic. Yep. Uh, and they make some great products, and I've been to plenty of their brewery events over time. Now, uh, the other thing you have to know about the greater New England area is that Dunkin' Donuts... And they talk funny? Yes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes, they do. Dunkin' Donuts is something of a religion uh, there. It, it originated in the Boston area, and uh, there is a Dunkin' Donuts, I'm not kidding you, on every corner in in the greater boston area i mean if you if you like were to have a dispute with somebody working at the counter at dunkin donuts between your home and your office it's no problem you just drive to the next one on your way to the office because there's going to be 10 of them on your way to the office that's how many dunkin donuts there are and everyone in boston will tell you this their donuts suck they're terrible dunkin donuts donuts or horrible. They offer breakfast sandwiches now, by but the way. But their breakfast sandwiches are pretty good, and people love their coffee. And in fact, in the New England area, there's this huge ongoing debate about whether Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks has better coffee. I'm going to go on record. I'm going to yes. take a stand on this. Starbucks coffee sucks. Okay, there you go. It just well, tastes burnt and terrible to me. I'm going to. I'm going to be real curious to see what you think about this because it's not something that was out when I was in Boston. I do like a frappuccino now. But Harpoon <laughs> has now released. Their Harpoon Dunkin' Porter. I love that they just went with the Dunkin' yeah, logo, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's classic like porter uh, with Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which many people believe to be the much better coffee. Uh, it says on the back of here, uh, dark brown and black in color, uh, flavors and aromas of espresso and dark chocolate, and roasty malt, and it's smooth. And Boston, Massachusetts, Windsor, Vermont is where the breweries are located, and they are employee-owned. And so after all of that, this is craft beer at its finest, or so we hope. Sometimes you just got to let him go, do a whole segment by himself to get to the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you dragged out the, the bottle cap dropping, by the way. <laughs> but you are correct. I did wax philosophical, and for that I apologize. I will make up for it, gentlemen. By pouring you some coffee porter. See, uh, I love the color of this beer already. Mm -hmm. It does look like a, an espresso, doesn't it? it? Very much, even with a little, a little froth on top that you normally. Mm -hmm. There's a ninety percent chance that this is going to go. I was great trying to do it. setup, like like if that went on too long. See, now you've got me feeling self-conscious about my setup for the Dunkin' Donuts harpoon uh, harpoon coffee porter. No, I'm just teasing you because you talk a lot. Well, that has you know. I mean, I know I do this as well, but at least my stories don't go anywhere. 
Well, they got that. But going everybody for that knows me you knows got that. that. Going for them. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm just. You clock out right in the middle of it and just I'm act just, like you're paying attention. I'm, just, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm just being sensitive. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I do have that ability, uh, that ability to continue to nod and look like I'm actually hearing what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. And and, and I, you know your stories are beautiful. It was a wonderful thing. I have no problem. <laughs> I am just actually teasing just, you about it. Yeah, and I'm fun. just I'm kind of teasing back. So, uh, uh, all right. You've already sampled. You've done some research. I, Talk I, to I'm, me. Well, I'm a researcher at heart. Mm. One of the things I love about you, boy, it this smells, smells like coffee. On yeah, the nose. it smells so coffee up front. Mm. Um, just after the first sip of this, this probably puts it as my second favorite coffee porter in existence. Wow. Um, because wow. the coffee and the and the porter, if you will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are balanced and they taste great together. Well, you're right. They they kind of harmonize, don't they? Right, because like there's certain um, certain coffee uh, coffee beers that have been put out have too much of that coffee bitterness that mm-hmm. that's all you taste, and some of them have just such a slight hint of coffee that it's not even. It's more like a porter with just hint yeah, of I mean, hint of coffee. Yeah, yeah, and this balances it. This one and uh, my my other favorite one is the uh, real ale coffee porter mm, is, is mm-hmm. to me the gold standard of coffee porter that's a great one yeah, yeah it's, really it is <clears> literally the, <throat> the gold standard of coffee porter and when it first came out they used to have an event every year when it came out i don't even know if they're still doing it but i used to go to those pretty frequently because my life was pretty much the waiting period between them this <laughs> <laughs> see, i told you my stories don't go anywhere see what you let me do <laughs> but see that was great release, that so. was actually great see <laughs> that was much better than my harpoon story uh so uh <laughs> Uh, this is my life but anyway uh, no this is this is fantastic this is a great blend of those two things i would like to taste this actually a little warmer because i feel like the whole yeah. porter flavor would be a little more robust even even more than it is you may be right but i was about to say and and i've kept this fairly cold bringing it in it almost reminds me of a nice coffee but with a little uh, uh a little okay. alcohol refreshment to it you know? <laughs> right <laughs> a little so, bit of cake. it tastes like my morning coffee the mouthfeel on this is a little thinner than you'd expect but not disappointingly thin either it's it's about right for the flavor that you're getting well yeah it's it's you're absolutely right it it fits the actual flavor profile of the, the beer. carbonation yeah. profile mm-hmm. is pretty nice it's not overly carbonated mm. um and you know me i like less carbonation in general uh, mm-hmm. for most beers this is not overly carbonated but there's enough to make it interesting and give it a good mouthfeel um it smells fantastic mm. it's hard to argue with that what do you think i think it, they knocked the ball out of the park on this one. I think so too. This is great. I, I think this <clears> is, uh, I, and I'm I'm not as vested in this category as you are, Ian. But I can tell you this is this is a really outstanding beer. Really is. Yeah. I mean it's it's got full flavor. I'm not really a coffee drinker, but I love the coffee flavor. Coffee in ice this cream beer. is so good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 I like a you know a good espresso now and then. I like the flavor of that. I'm just not. A person that drinks coffee on a daily basis, like uh, most of the people that I know do. See, and I'm so. not I'm not that big a coffee drinker myself. I drink coffee two to three times in a week, mm-hmm. and that's that's I'm, it. I'm like that a month, maybe. <laughs> are you really? I'm just not big into drinking coffee for <laughs> both of my brothers. Purpose. My brothers are polar opposite. One of them like goes and buys the freshly uh, roasted beans and then grinds them himself and mm-hmm. makes his coffee amazing every single morning, and even takes that to work and. <laughs> And makes the best cups of coffee ever. My other brother, I think he just puts whatever coffee he can in in the absolute highest concentrate he can through his Keurig machine. (laughs) 
and and well, drinks coffee concentrate. Um, <laughs> and me, I didn't get a whole lot of that. I just, like I said, once in a while I like a coffee. This is delicious. Well, my yep. frustration with coffee is that sometimes those crystals don't dissolve when you're stirring them in the cup. So uh, <laughs> that's my... Uh, the best uh, coffee ever. <laughs> okay. Um, we have uh, we've tasted some pretty amazing beer on the show today. I think we've liked uh, pretty much all of them. Uh, so I love when that happens. Uh, we've also tasted some amazing whiskey, but my understanding, Nicholas, is that you may have saved the best for the last when it comes to Four Roses, right? Yeah, this is a treat. Um, a big fan of this bottle. A lot of people were. Uh, that's why when it. Hit that's the- why it doesn't have a, a complete uh, fill line up to the top. Yeah, it's been uh, crushed down <laughs> a little bit, and this is over probably the last month. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so we put out. 10,224 bottles of this. Uh, this is actually um, our single barrel limited edition. Uh, and prior to this year, we had always put out one every year. Uh, but this was the first year that um, Brent Elliott, our master distiller, was doing the pick for it. Like he is the uh, successor to Jim Rutledge at the time. Okay. Um, so Elliott Select is why it got named Elliott. Okay. Um, so, like I said, so this one is 56.7. So you're what? 113.4 proof. Uh, so it's got some, got some, um, can I say balls? Yes. Okay. It's yes, got some can. balls to it. <laughs> uh, it's very full flavor, very robust. Um, but this is a 14 year old OESK. OESK being your, uh, recipe. The recipe bill. Yes. Bill, which on here tells me spicy and full body. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be our low, our low rye matter. Our lower rye mash bill, so twenty uh, percent rye. Trying a little one. of that for Adam, our producer too. Oh yeah, he needs he to will get want some. To, he will want to try some of this. So. Um, this is um, um, if you're telling me already that we can't find this, right? Yeah, um, this is just one of those things I kind of keep back in the cabinet, mm-hmm. and you know, for events like this where if we could find it, what would the what would the retail be? Any any? I'm any trying guess? to remember. I believe it was around one thirty. Okay. Forty. It ain't cheap. So not cheap, but also not like stupid. I mean, no. you can find some hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty, hundred and forty dollar uh, bottles out there, and uh, correct. Oh my goodness, this is wonderful on the nose. It's the nose so is amazing. Unreal. It tastes that, amazing. I was just say, have you tasted yet? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Like, oh, no, um, this is interesting because, uh, like, versus the other ones, this has just a full maltiness right up front and this is different from the other ones that we had because while the other ones sometimes had the fullness up front this is multi multi like right up yes, front. And yes that's why i think that multi. pairs with this yeah. very well and it's very different from all the other expressions we've tried mm-hmm. because of that big round malt profile that wasn't quite as pure malty as the maltiness in this malt <laughs> Distillate. Anyway, malt, 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 malt. yeah, I was trying to fit it in there as many times as I could. <laughs> Malty McMalt face. <laughs> uh, so let so, me ask you this: He uh, Elliot goes to um, uh, to make this selection. Where does he begin? And in, in other words, in the in the warehouse where you've got these, you know, barrels. Like, where does he begin? Does he begin with it's it's single barrel, so it's not blended, right? Correct. So. Where does he start? Okay, Elliot, you're going to put your name on one. Go pick it. Like, how does he know where to start? Um, that comes from them in the sensory panel. Yeah. So, I mean, they they have an idea of the warehouses, what's down, what's um, you know, what age certain warehouses are containing. Because mm-hmm. um, 
I believe when we're doing our limited editions, um, they won't look at anything under 10 years. So it's not like we just start tasting barrels. Uh, so they already have a benchmark. Nothing's going under 10 years into those bottles. Do guys like him get bored with the baseline product? In other words, if, if, you're, if you're choosing this and you've got the palate that's going to let you know this is what it is, is it just kind of another day at the office, the day you're doing the tasting for your basic bourbon, which obviously is your biggest seller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the sort of flagship of the company, if you will, and very important that yeah. that's right. But uh, I just wonder how they keep uh, excited, how they keep the perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that it's not exciting. I'm not in any way saying that it's not. Oh, of course. But once you've had this, it would be easy to be spoiled. I guess is where I'm going with that. Yeah, and, and that's that's why you know it's a special thing because you're dealing with um, you know Brent, the quality control panel, the Century Lab. You know they're always tasting so. They're very honed in on what they're looking for. Um, they can actually right off the still know: Are we dumping this? Or are we going? Like you know, they'll mm. they'll kill they'll kill a ba- um, a run if they have to. They're not afraid to compromise or spend money to um, you know keep quality going. So I have an interesting question for you, mm-hmm. or at least I think it's an interesting question. In the cigar rolling world, there will always be some cigars that the rollers or the head roller will determine didn't come out quite right still got good tobacco in them there is something about it maybe there's a blemish on the leaf uh maybe the roller didn't quite put it together according to what they feel like their standards are those cigars get set aside and sold as factory seconds uh usually for a reduced price mm-hmm. um i've bought some you know uh, online some um you know bundles of seconds some of which i bought some rocky patel seconds mm-hmm. one time that were fantastic like 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 holy cow what's they're second so about barely these? second it's right, hard to exactly, tell exactly exactly um is there anything like that in the bourbon and and whiskey world uh, those those barrels that are going to be dumped i i find myself wanting to stick up my hand and go i'll take one yeah, of those yeah and, and a lot of it's like medical use so they'll I'm not sure if we do it or not. I forget, but I do know there's other distilleries out there that mm-hmm. on the stuff that you know it's not it's not great, or you know they say like oh this got over oaked. They don't just dump it down the drain. Uh, that's money, so they find a way right. to repurpose. They find a way to monetize. It Everything gets repurposed. I mean, even you know the stillage that's left behind. You know, once it gets to X amount of proof, I believe uh, Kentucky says I believe it's three percent ABV. They'll let it out, um, but mm-hmm. they sell it as as, as cakes for um, you know horses and cows and stuff like that. So oh, we'll yeah. actually have farmers come up, buy our, uh, dried uh, stillage, and you know Whiskey cakes. use it to feed cattle. Hey, that cow is drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to tell you, this goes fantastic with the coffee porter. It, they doesn't pair, it though? Once I smelled it, it, and I really, really want this with a cigar. Boy, you're so right about that. Because like there is a leathery tobacco. Um, there is uh, tobacco during, uh, during the finish. There's definitely a lot of that going this on. This is this is delicious. Mm-hmm. I, it really is. There's many people. I won't put their name on it, but many people whose opinions I respect who have told me that that it's hands down the best bourbon they've ever tried in their life. Wow! And these are Very guys cool. who've been drinking much longer who, who, than I've been who've alive. Tried a, a bit of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I am. I am very, very impressed. And uh, um, you know, in in you know typical uh, whiskey snob fashion, of course, you can't buy it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but but it is very impressive and nice to know that this is you know part of what your 
master distiller's palate is capable of of delivering so wow that was close i almost spilled that but i saved it at the last second last no bourbon left there. behind <laughs> yeah that's right um so uh so very impressive and and i again i i feel like i need to tell you that four roses maybe more so than any other brand that we've had on the show continues to produce quality that is well above your price point at every one of these uh, iterations mm-hmm. yeah uh, i'm i'm very very impressed with that and it makes it makes it so easy to go out and buy your product because you never have this feeling like oh okay i'm gonna spend uh, i'm gonna spend uh, x amount on this i hope it works out like you already know you know no, what i mean it's already there. But, but you do that yep. with some of your purchases you're like okay i'm gonna go ahead and try it i hope you know, I hope I'm not wrong. You don't. You don't ever have that feeling when you're buying four roses. And well, I'll tell awesome. you right away. Directly affecting uh, sales, I'll be buying mm-hmm. a bottle of this, and my wife <laughs> is going to drink it because I know the minute I put that on the shelf, she's gonna be like, "That's really delicious." Is that an on the way home purchase? Yeah, probably. You know, one of the things <laughs> we we continue to uh, to tout about this program is that there is it's undeniable that smoking and toasting impacts sales. Often on our way home from the show, Ian or I or both of us <laughs> will actually stop and buy something that we sample on the show that day. Uh, so smoking and toasting directly. most definitely directly impacts directly sales. sales, and we we feel like that's an important part. Yeah, of that it. sour winch yeah. is getting bought <laughs> for <laughs> see, sure. See, I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, and that it, see it wasn't even Ian or me. So there you go, uh, Nicholas Tamantes from uh, Four Roses. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, <clears throat> we have just enjoyed some excellent, excellent bourbon. Well, thank you for having me. Um, it was a good time um, hanging out with you guys. We didn't get to speak much at uh, the Whiskey Sniff, so it was good to come in and sit well, down. We were all pretty busy. Uh, that was the I, crazy you know? thing oh, about the Sniff. Busy is the word. Yeah. <laughs> we were busy. You were busy. I, saw, I was busy. <laughs> yeah, I saw who was coming I got to tell you, when I was on the upper deck and I turned around and looked, and it was just a sea of people and everybody's smiling and smoking cigars, I went, yeah, that's a great event. I've never, I've been, I've been uh, involved in, you know, radio and events for years. Never have I had this happen to me. What happened at the whiskey sniff over and over? People coming up to me, thanking me for just doing it. Thank you for having this. Thank you for doing that. I was like, wow, this that made me really proud to be. Uh, I did think, to be you know what? I didn't you know? get your perspective on. It. I did think of one improvement for the next time we do it, which we will be doing it. Yeah, as I thought, maybe we'd have the Glen Cairn glasses out with a with a small for amount people of to do the sniff on, right? So they can just so walk they don't have to sniff the, sniff the bottle. Yes, absolutely. Okay, was absolutely. the only improvement I thought of. How did you feel about the the flow of everything? I thought it was pretty great. Um, usually, when we do events um, of that nature, it's just a lot of people show up to be honest get drunk oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a lot of people like well, that's okay yeah they're not so much interested in the product they just like hey i'm here like give me some whiskey give me some whiskey right give me some bourbon <laughs> yeah here and, i think you had maybe a little more discerning crowd in, a, yeah. in other words they were they I were interested in I sampling i talk so much like, wow i was hoarse well, so they was, were asking you questions yeah. about the product and looking around at the tables i noticed there was a lot of conversations going on about product and i thought that was really nice too yeah, and, and it was cool to you get to share that experience. Um, I mean, literally every single person at those tables that were up there were friends of mine. So it was super cool to like hang out with your brands. Like, I mean, you know, in the Scotch World, mm-hmm. like you know, Balvidi Glenfiddich. Like, I love you know mm-hmm. that whole company, everything that they do. Um, you know, Heaven Hill. You know, and Frank. Yeah. Frank great, over. Great people. Yeah, they're all they're all great people. Which Frank? Glad Ninja. Uh, <laughs> Frank one or Frank two? Me <laughs> Frank. No, Frank. Frank <laughs> Burnett. I was for his last. Frank Burnett. Oh, yeah, Frank two. <laughs> oh, Frank I'm supposed two. to tell you bonjour. 
Oh, okay. Do you uh, know who that's uh, from? Um, no, who's that from? Docs. Uh, <laughs> he called me no less than 18 times already here. Nice. I love it. I love it. That's terrific. So, Thank you, Docs. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we certainly had a great time at the Whiskey Sniff, and uh, we're working on putting together some other uh, events, and we certainly hope you'll be a part of them because uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be at least as much fun as that was. So. I already told Jeremiah we're there. Like, right. Don't awesome. you have to ask. Just tell me awesome. what it is. All right. Well, we want to thank you for being here today and for bringing such uh, excellent spirits. And uh, I want to say thank you to uh, everybody involved in putting the show together. Uh, to Mary, who handles all the booking, who does uh, such a phenomenal job of keeping us with interesting people to talk to and interesting she's things to amazing, drink. She's pretty amazing, isn't she? Yeah, she, she is. is. She is. And she's I, on top of her game, I think I'm going to marry her. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Yeah, right, I'm for good. it. Uh, thanks to Adam, uh, our producer, Adam on the Wheels of Steel, uh, for keeping the show rolling. And uh, and Ian, thanks to you, my friend. Uh, no, thank you. You and I have not uh, just left the premises and smoked a cigar in far too long. We need so to make that, that is, happen. we need to make that happen. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening and viewing. And show number one thirteen will take place a week from today, and our special guest will be Jason Valentine from uh, Yellow oh. Rose Distilling. Distilling. Distilling from Yellow Rose Distilling. Not the roses. Yeah. No, Jason of roses. Jason will will be here with us. Jason had a good time at the whiskey sniff as well. So yeah, he brought the a special bottle that he hadn't even tried yet. Yes. So I didn't realize why, but. He was he was standing there pining over it, waiting for us yes. to open it. <laughs> so great story about that bottle. Um, we were uh, we were, you know, m- most of the uh, people that brought whiskey to the whiskey sniff was like part of the arrangement. And then uh-huh. when we were done, they packed up their whiskey and went. Well, that particular bottle, Jason had actually brought and ha- and given to me. So I'm like, okay, when we are done. <laughs> I'm going to take what's left of that bottle yes. and take it home with me. Oh, yes, yes. And so when we were done, I took what was left of that bottle, and then I threw the empty in the garbage can because it was <laughs> completely drained. Uh, so people were loving it. So uh, so I don't know if he's bringing anything like that with him next week, but we certainly will look it forward to checking it out. So, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for supporting uh, Smoking and Toasting. I will mention this to you real quickly. Uh, the website is up now, smokinandtoasting.com, uh, so you can check it out, and we'll talk more to you about that in the weeks to come. There's a lot about to go on with this show, and uh, cheers. My friends, have a great week. (laughs) And oh my God, this is good. (laughs) I'm glad the website's up. Now I can do my Speedos of the Week portraits.